And now it's time to welcome back our traveling correspondent, comedian Tom Papa, in a segment we call Out in America. Are you there, Tom? I'm here, Chris. Hello, New York. On behalf of Live From Here, I continue my journey across the country, shining a light on all the good people in America. This week, I was on my way to Spokane, Washington, when mechanical problems grounded me at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. It was, wasn't much of a surprise as winter has smacked down the upper Midwest with the cold intensity of an iron hammer. The airport makes a real decorating effort during the holidays, with everything from great displays of lights up to the ceiling, all the way down to a single strand of garland in the darkest part of baggage claim. And when you move through it all with your family on your way to see loved ones, it truly gives you an uplifting feeling. But when you're stuck there, alone, tired and weary, wondering if your plane will ever take off, the Christmas decorations actually have the opposite effect. They seem to come together and spell out what a lonely loser you are. Then the Christmas carols kick in and suddenly become the saddest songs ever written. Bing Crosby was playing over the loudspeaker, slowly torturing us with I'll be home for Christmas. Well, I'm not home, Bing. None of us are home. We're stranded in Terminal 5, and the man across from me just took off his shoes and is rubbing his feet. People were getting angry. There were businessmen in wrinkled suits and sad, crumpled ties, eating Chex Mix with their newspaper-stained fingers. A businesswoman who thought the trip would be short enough to endure wearing tight, high heels tossed them right in the trash. And a toddler ran screaming down the hallway like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, as if he was trying to lead us all away from this hellish place. A poor maintenance man faced with the horrid world of the late afternoon men's room took a deep breath and went in with his cart to never be seen or heard from again. But the unhappiest of all was the poor gate attendant working behind the counter. There she stood, dutifully at her post, as a representative of the airline, with a name tag that read Debbie, but might as well have said, punch me in the face. <laughs> a line of angry people queued up to scream at this sweet-looking woman wearing reindeer antlers, as if she was responsible for everything that had gone wrong in their lives up till now. Why do people think that a gate attendant has control over the airline, or the plane, or the weather? If she was actually that powerful, would she really be wearing a polyester uniform? And what does yelling at her accomplish, other than letting everyone else know that you are a horrible person? But she stood her ground. I heard her say to one blowhard, you'll never fly this airline again? Honey, if that means you'll go away, that's just fine with me. I couldn't take the tension, and I decided to shove my way into the airport bar that was more crowded than the C train at rush hour. I squeezed onto a stool between two giant men who were sitting there like bears in Green Bay Packers jerseys. They were using the stool between them for that extra space that lets everyone know they may be friends, but they're very, very straight. I ordered a beer on tap, raised a glass to them, and said, Go Bears! They didn't laugh. <laughs> their names were Bob and Bill, and they were on their way to see the Packers at Lambeau Field. They worked together at the Ford Auto Plant in Upper Illinois. 
It's a good job, Bob said, but every day the robots are doing more and more. That's why we're here. Robots can't drink beer. Have you ever thought you were being attacked by a furry reindeer only to realize it was your gate attendant climbing over you to order a drink? I have. It was Debbie, the gate attendant, leaning in for a shot of tequila. When I said hello, she snapped back at me. I don't have any new information. I tried to let her know I was friendly and didn't mean any harm. I'm sorry, she said. I just had to get out of there for a minute. But don't say anything. If they see me in here, I could lose my job, which at this point would be just fine with me. I introduced her to Bob and Bill. It turns out she's a Packers fan, too. They joked about taking her with them to Green Bay for the weekend. She said, let's do it. My husband wouldn't even notice. I've been married so long, he'd probably think I'm in the bathroom the whole time. She said she can't wait for the holidays to be over. Bill said, come on, it's Christmas. Didn't you love it when you were a kid? Yeah, but when you're a kid, all you have to do is eat cookies and show up Christmas morning. Bill said, that's all I do now. <laughs> Nat King Cole's Silent Night started to play over the loudspeaker. Debbie cried out, not this one again. This song's gonna send me to the loony bin. If I don't hear this song again in my life, that would be just fine with me. Everyone laughed and then felt quiet. A silent night took over the bar. I don't know if it was the alcohol or the company, but for a moment, we all started to feel just a little better. Until Debbie got an alert on her phone and said she had to go. I stood up to follow her to the gate. No, 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 not you, honey. Your flight's canceled. You're not going anywhere tonight. Bob put his arm around me and asked, have you ever gotten stranded in Chicago and had to spend the night on an airport floor? You're gonna. <laughs> I ordered another round for the boys, and I never did make it to Spokane. And that was just fine with me. Until next time, this has been Tom Papa, out in America. Thank you, Tom.